Investor Schooling is an education company located in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. Investor Schooling, the principals or their employees, are not licensed by any regulatory institution. Phil Falcone and Larry Steinhaus are not registered reps of any investment firm, nor do they sell any securities. Their advice is based on their experiences and the experiences of their students. They are not attorneys or accountants, and before using any of their advice, they suggest you check with your legal or tax professionals. To find out more, go to www.investorschooling.com. This show is previously recorded. Now, let's welcome Larry Steinhaus and Phil Falcone, your hosts for Investor Schooling Live. Good afternoon and welcome to Investor Schooling Live, coming to you from Investor Schooling Headquarters. I'm Phil Falcone here with my business partner, Larry Steinhaus. We are the founders of Investor Schooling. Get ready to learn real estate investing and stock option investing. Call us anytime during the show with your questions at 855-939-1137. That's 855-939-1137. That's right. We are live programs. So you can call us anytime during our show, and we will take your calls. Don't even worry about what we're talking about because we love to take your calls. Investor Schooling is located in Langhorne, Pennsylvania, serving the Philadelphia area in a real brick-and-mortar building. That's right. We are local guys accessible to our students a minimum of two nights per week. If you want to learn this business, the business of real estate investing and stock option investing, you want to learn it from people who live it every day. So let's talk real quick about what the topics are today. What builds wealth better than great cash-flowing real estate? Does it make sense to buy raw land? Does the world want affordable housing? Does it make sense to buy modular homes? How should investors structure their wills? Should you buy a car with your cash at a dealership? And then we're going to have the stock option Sultan come up, and he's going to give us, a, give us his picks of the week. And maybe if we have time, I'm going to tell you how I have single-handedly solved the JFK assassination. Single-handedly solved the JFK assassination. That's right. right. That's right. And uh, I don't know why you're talking, because you're not allowed to talk yet. Yeah, I know. But I, just when you <laughs> said it, I mean, what else am I going to do? I might, I, I'm going to not respond to that. But you single-handedly solved the JFK assassination. Single-handedly. That's right. That's All right. by yourself. Yeah. With no help. You're, you're clearly understanding me. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> we also had a couple of questions that were emailed in. What formula do you guys use to do wholesale deals? Do you teach other topics or just stocks and real estate? Why is my home's assessed value different than the market value? Okay, now you're allowed to talk. Yeah, I'm allowed to talk. All right. Well, thank you, Phil. I appreciate (laughs) it. Well, first of all, I I just have to uh, say something real quick because I know Jamie's listening. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jamie is our senior student liaison. And her dog died today, and I feel really bad. And I just wanted to give a shout out to Jamie and say, hey, you know, we're really sorry to hear this news. And uh, you know, and I, you know, I know how how uh, how important a dog was. And dog was 13 years old, I believe. And uh, you know, I'm really sorry. As a matter of fact, if anybody wants to call in, and I'm sure again, I'm sure Jamie's listening. Anybody wants to give condolences for for Jamie's dog, please feel free to do that. 855-939-1137. Of course, if you have any other questions, 855-939-1137 too. These are all things you can do today. So, Phil, <laughs> I have another question for you. Have you seen the change in the tax credit, the Biden tax credit, the the child tax credit? Have you seen this yet? 
Where would I see it? Well, it's all over the news, so that might be a place you'd see it. But I do understand that since you and I both have adult children, it doesn't affect us. But it does affect them because they're going to get money from the government. Do you know that the government is giving out money again? Uh, I was under the impression that they've been handing it out as fast as they can shovel it. No, they're not handing out as fast as they can shovel it. I wish they were, because if they were, it would be great. But they're just not. They just don't handle it. You know, I mean, look, they had those uh, those stimulus money, and what, it takes nine months before you get the second one? I mean, that was ridiculous. But the new tax credit is going to go from 2000 to $3,600 per child, and that's actually pretty good. But this is the first time you can actually get the money ahead of time. So you can actually get per per household, you can get up to $300 per month literally sent to you if you have children. I, I, you know, when I, and I don't know, I, I got mixed feelings on this one. This is great, but it's also another, just another road to socialism, right? I mean, I can't make up my mind. Are they trying to kill Americans or are they trying to reward us for having kids? Yeah. <laughs> Which one is it? Make up your mind. Do you well, want us to have kids, or do you just want us to kill everybody? What is it? Well, when you say kill everybody, what, what do you mean with COVID? I, I played you the Jen Psaki statement about the strike forces oh, yes, that yes, yes, are yes, coming did, yes. out to your yes. neighborhood soon. Yes, yes. Strike forces visiting your home. We are only here to talk to you about COVID vaccinations. Yes, and if you and if you resist. We will blow up your house. Is that is that correct? And why would they call it a strike force? I, I know it, it's insane, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely it's insane. An unusual name. If yes. they were vaccine helpers, they they might want to call them right. vaccine helpers, vaccine educators. We just want to share with you the beauty of our vaccine. <laughs> knock knock knock. Have you heard the good word? Yeah. The good word of the vaccine. <laughs> we've totally gone. We've totally gone off topic. You know. So, for you guys who are listening, especially if you're listening for the first time, we happen to be a show about financial literacy, not necessarily politics, but politics certainly has a lot to do with financial literacy. What do you think, Phil? Politics, as I was explaining prior to the show, politics has everything to do with business. Yes, absolutely. If you, if you ignore politics in your business, well, then you're ignoring your business. You're ignoring your family. You're, you're ignoring your rights. You're ignoring, uh, uh, ignoring so many things that uh, your your list becomes quite long. Yeah, so some of the things we teach, going back to the circus, some of the things we teach, we teach how to how to uh, save money on taxes, how to obviously how to invest in real estate, how to invest in the stock market, how to save money on taxes, how to make more money in general. But the reason I brought up the tax credit is because, you know, these are things that we'll bring up in class and teach people how to do and how to take advantage of. Last year, we took advantage of the IDA loans, the SBA loans, the PPP loans. We taught people how to do it. So we had students in the class who were who owned businesses. We taught them how to take get the loans. You know, you know a great program I teach people how to take advantage of? What's that? Obamacare. The ACA, which is the greatest thing that's ever happened to the small businessman. No one else but the small businessman. And if you're a student, I'll actually teach you that one day too. Anyway, let's get back to some of these cool questions that you have. Okay, you want to start with what builds wealth better than a great uh, cash-flowing piece of real estate? So the answer is I don't know. What does build wealth better than a ca piece of cash-flowing piece of real estate? I think the short answer is nothing. Oh, okay. That might be why I don't know, because I, I couldn't get it, right? Well, not everything is a trick question, you know. Sometimes the answer is as obvious as the nose on your face. <laughs> you know what it is. Well, right? my, the nose on my face is pretty obvious. Right. You, you know uh, how I feel about cash-flowing real estate. It's, right. it's awesome. It's one of the greatest things you can ever do. You, 
you buy a piece of property, you put a good quality tenant in there, that tenant pays you, pays your principal down, that tenant pays for repairs, that tenant gives you a $600 a month cash flow, and all you have to do is forget that you even own the house. Send them an invoice once a month, collect the rent. So have you ever have you ever actually sat down and like started thinking about the houses you own and for, and left a couple off the off out of your head like you know uh, no because I have an Excel chart where I list all my properties okay. and I actually do calculate a number of things on that chart mostly I'm, I I call it the equity tracking chart and all I'm really looking at is the equity yeah it's funny I, I every once in a while I'll, you know I'll just I'll just in my head start to add up my properties and there's always one or two that I forget I'm like oh yeah I forgot that one oh yeah I forgot that one well if you make one chart. And then each time you buy a new property, you just have to add that. Yeah, I do. I, I don't. Do I used yeah. to get crazy with it years ago. I used to have all this like, how much is going to principal? How much is going to interest? Right. Yeah. And all that. And I got to a point now where all I want to do is know how much I owe, and what the property is worth, and how much uh, equity uh, how much I have. Equity, right. and I'm just calculating equity. So that, right. that way, if you are applying for a loan and someone says, "What's your net worth?" You can shoot them that chart. And they can see that you're worth X amount of millions of dollars. So I remember it was about, I don't know, maybe it was five or six years ago. I, I wanted to get back to a million dollars again. Because, you know, as you guys, as some of you guys know, I lost everything in, in 2008. I had, and I wanted to get back to where I was. So it was about five or six years ago, I wanted to get back to a million dollars. And I remember I would track it every second. I was at a million one. Then I was at 900. Then I was at a million one. I kept going back. I mean, it's, I've way surpassed it now. But it was funny that I just kept, it just kept bouncing back and forth like the stock market charts. <laughs> well, I, I created this chart because back in the day, I had all these houses in Mayfair. And I used to go in the paper and see what they were selling for. And I'd be like, geez, the house went up like 3000 bucks since last week. Yeah, right. And then I kept, <laughs> I kept changing the numbers, changing the numbers all the time, increasing my net worth during the crazy years of, of uh, you know, after 2000, mm -hmm. between 2000 yeah. and 2008. They were like, amazing years for me. And I became a multimillionaire in that time frame between 2000 and 2008, not by buying anything amazing. I mean, I did buy Executech in that time frame. I bought a lot of houses, but but it just kept going up like crazy. And I created the equity tracking chart just to keep track of it because I, I couldn't. It was definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I noticed, I think it was, I think this year I was up something like 700,000 in equity since the beginning of the year. It was a pretty amazing number. I was pretty, I'm sure yours is higher, but I was pretty fascinated by that number alone, how great that number was. Well, it's just in the end, it's it's got to be the staple of anybody's anybody's portfolio. Like if you don't own a bunch of real estate, I, I don't know what you're looking at. I mean, you might have some amazing business where you're making tens of millions of dollars in five years. You might have some kind of incredible uh, business that I'm unaware of that you're making tons of cash from. But if you're just a regular Joe owning a bunch of properties, whether they're residential properties, apartment buildings, office buildings, it doesn't matter. Just buy stuff. Buy stuff that makes sense. Hold on to it. Ten years from now, you're going to turn around. You're going to be up millions of dollars. Even if you screwed up half of the decisions that you made, yeah. you still would be up tremendously. Even yeah. Pedro could do it. <laughs> yeah. Pedro is our engineer, in case you guys don't know. So, so, the, the, so I, I always say this, you know, there are plenty of people that are a lot dumber than you, making a lot more money than you, is what I say to some of the, some of the people that come in. Because some people are pretty bright, and they don't even know how to make money. It's, it, it fascinates me. You know, I have a new book coming out. Yeah, what's it called? It's called Money Hacks, because everything you think you know about money 
is probably wrong. So who's the hack? Are you the hack or am I the hack? So I don't know. It's like hacks. So it's like how to, you know, I mean, the new word is hacks, right? But I actually was thinking about renaming the, the book to something else. The new word is hacks? Yeah, everybody uses this word hacks. Real estate hacks, money hacks. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, it doesn't mean anything to me. I got, Pedro, look it up for me. Give me the definition. Yeah, I, I don't know what it means either. So, But everybody keeps using it. But I actually, I thought about something today, this weekend, because it was funny, because I was down, like I said, I was down, down at my, uh, I was down at my, my son's house and my mother was there and she goes well what's one thing about money that i don't know i, I looked there i go well the first thing is money isn't green and she goes yes it is i go no it's not i pull a hundred dollar bill out of my pocket i said look it's, it's bluish and it's true it's bluish so i actually was thinking maybe i should change the name of the book to money isn't green and other things that you thought you knew about money that are that are not right or something like that money isn't green right it's not green it's actually bluish so I don't think I like the title. I'm, I'd be happy to help you come up with a better. Well, I'll tell you what. Somebody out there, you know, give us some. Why don't you call in and give us an answer? What you right. think? What you think it, it would be? Eight five five nine three nine eleven thirty seven. Hurry up before I get the book gets printed. Eight five five nine three nine eleven thirty seven. I mean, the publisher has already accepted the book. You know, with that title, and the guy, the publisher actually said this is a great title. So I don't know. But if we change it, I got to change it now. So, eight five five nine three nine eleven thirty seven. Please tell me if you think. Well, if I come up with a better name, you can just say um, thanks to Phil Falcone for coming up with a better name. He not only came up with a better name, but he also solved the JFK assassination. Do we have? Can we go there now? Because I'm like I'm so excited to know that you how you solved the JFK assassination. Well, let's, let's go through some of these other topics. All right. You, oh, you, you oh you want you want the hook, huh? You got anything else to say about the? Um, uh, cash flow in real estate? Well, yeah. So the first thing I have to say is money. They always say cash is king. Mm -hmm. Cash is not king. Cash flow is king. The more cash flow you have, the more king you are. I think that's a true statement. I like it. Well, good. I'm so glad that you found it truthful. You sounded like, you know, very I, robotic when you answered that. I'm sorry if I sounded robotic. So Does go to sense? the next topic, Phil. Does it make sense to buy raw land? No. Have you ever considered buying no. raw land? No. So, so it's funny because there are people, they reach out to me all the time. Like, uh, you know, I, I see this, uh, you know, these seven acres, I could buy it for whatever, $150,000. Should I buy it? And my knee-jerk reaction is always no. But I understand that th that's how I invest. So somebody may have a different idea for, to invest with that. But my thought on land is, first of all, you're buying the land and it doesn't cash flow immediately. So we just said cash flow is king. You have a piece of land that might be worth 150000 when you bought it. It might be worth more. It might be worth less. Who knows? There's no way, really way to, way to value it. And the other problem that's rough is now you're paying taxes on this land every year until you do something with it. And... You're cutting the grass, or you're maintaining it. Okay, well, here's an interesting lesson. Uh, the raw land that I sold in Tennessee to Bill and Don... Oh, okay. Okay, our students... But that's a little bit different. ...comes... Okay, it's already... It's a, it's a trailer park. It's already a mobile home park, right. right? But it also comes with a bunch of the remaining land that is not used that has zero restrictions. Okay, zero restrictions. So they can lit literally, if they can fit the home in there, and they can chop the trees down, and they can pour gravel out of a commercial dump truck to build the roads, they can expand that park to their heart's content. And if, uh, when, like those homes that we looked at last week from... Um, yeah, the box boxable. Uh, boxable. Yeah. 
so they're not actually mass producing those yet. Okay, they right. are. They've designed it. They've proven it. But they're not they're ready. Prototypes. They're, they're not prototypes. ready right. for mass production. Sure. Okay. So it might be a couple of years before they are. But if I could call them up and say I'll at two hundred fifty dollars a month, if I could call them up and say a fifty grand a piece, two hundred fifty dollars a month, if I can call them up and go, I'll take thirty five of them, deliver them to this address, right? If you had unrestricted, unzoned property that you can put as many houses as you wanted on it because the county needs affordable housing. But you still have to put the houses on it. You, so you still have to spend more money to put the houses on it. Sure, I, yeah. I get it. I, and I agree. I mean, I understand it's like I said, it's a different business model. I'm not a builder. But in your case, the one that you were just talking about with these guys buying this mobile home park, they instantly get income. So now the, the extra land is a bonus. So they, they can pay their mortgage. They can pay the bills. They can pay their taxes. And they get this land as a bonus. So that's the reason I put this question in there. The question is, does it make sense to buy raw land? And I'm saying it never did in my whole life. Right, until but now. It, now it does. Got it. Fine. We got Cheryl on the line. Why don't we find out what Cheryl wants to say? What's going on, Cheryl? Hey, how you doing? All right. Are you going to tell us what, what a money hack is? Because, you know, I got this great name for a book and Phil doesn't like it. I think it's a great name because I think a hack is like a shortcut or a better way of doing something. Like when TikTok, they have cleaning hacks. They'll show you something like, oh, my God, I've been doing it wrong this whole time. So... I think the money hacks is a better way or a shortcut to making making money, making more money. And that's what it's all about, Phil. See, Cheryl understands. Hey, Pedro, I asked you like 10 minutes ago for the definition of hacks. <laughs> when am I going to get it? At the end of the show? The audience can't hear me. So, Cheryl, what do you think? <laughs> you, you, so what, do you th- what do you think of our show so far, Cheryl? I love it. I love it. All right, that's cool. You listen a lot, or you just, or you just listening today? No, no, no. I listen a lot. I'm, I, I, I'm part of your uh, schooling. Schooling. Oh, are you? Oh, okay. I'm trying to figure out yeah. which one you were. That's cool. That's awesome. You're, you're a student, huh? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. That's awesome. So tell everybody what your experience is. Um. Well, I'm a very new student, and I actually still going through the videos, but I love them, and I, I feel like I am learning a ton in just a short amount of time. And the first thing you're going to say is, you know, the, the school stinks because Larry can't even remember I'm a student. <laughs> yeah, but it's not your fault. I haven't been there in a while. I've been listening uh, via Zoom, so. <laughs> All right, well, get your butt in here because we miss you. <laughs> All right, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. All right, you got it. All right, thanks, Cheryl. We appreciate the call. All right, so what else, Phil? What do we got next? Good question. What do we have next? Does the world want affordable housing? <laughs> do you have an opinion on that? Does the world... I, I, I'm going to say absolutely so. I don't think they do. See, I, I don't know. When you say the world, the world is a little bit different than certain counties and certain towns. Certain counties and towns absolutely do not. But I think in in general, you know, if you were to look, ask you know, whatever, uh, take a poll of 100 people, you're going to have most people say yes. Well, I'll tell you what I've experienced. So in in certain sections, like in Chicago, I know that mobile home parks can't be taxed enough to even cover a fraction of the teachers' salaries because the teachers' union is extremely strong in a liberal city like Chicago. And these teachers who make, you know, six figures a year, a mobile home 
can hardly generate a couple thousand dollars worth of tax dollars. What are you going to charge? How much taxes are you going to charge somebody for a house they bought for $11,000? Yeah, sure. Okay, so there's a, definitely an issue there. I also think that a lot of the wealthier neighborhoods, if they're anywhere near a mobile home park, they despise the mobile home park Absolutely. because it generally is very old homes in poor condition that isn't always maintained well. Now, that doesn't have to be the case. Uh, I bought a, a park, I bought a mobile home park in Siesta Key, Florida that was in terrible condition and made it a much better place. So you can't do it, but not a lot of people do it. Generally speaking, when somebody buys a mobile home park that's cash flowing, they just leave it be. And they drain the cash flow out of it for as long as they can, which sometimes can be decades. So um, I think that the... the Local politicians love to tell you that they care about affordable housing, but I don't think they really do. That's interesting. But I, I, when you said the world, I thought it was the general populace, but you may be right. You may be right. So, by the way, we have uh, Denise is on YouTube, and she's asked, she wants to know if, we can, if she could come to class, even if we're out of state. If she's out of state. What do you think, Phil? Can she come to class if she's out of state? Of course she can. <laughs> she she can be in the room with us, communicating with us back and forth as much as she wants. That's right. Actually, if you go to investorschooling.com, we actually have students all over the country. We have students in California, Boston, New York, blah, 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 whatever, all over the country. So, yes, you absolutely can go to investorschooling.com and just click the click that says that you want to go, you want to attend class via Zoom. And I promise you that our Zoom presentation isn't just a bunch of square boxes. Our Zoom presentation is actually a studio presentation. We have we actually do it like a television studio. It's kind of it's kind of cool. You'll actually enjoy it. I promise. You might even be able to sit through the whole thing like not like a no, normal Zoom presentation where they get boring. Our presentation is actually pretty exciting because Phil and I are actually pretty funny sometimes. Sometimes. So, <laughs> so we're getting questions. Call in, call in your question, Chris. Eight five five nine three nine eleven thirty seven. Call in your question, Chris. I see you have a good question. Call in your question. Eight five five nine three nine eleven thirty seven. I'd love to talk to you about this question. This is a really good question. I'm not going to tell anybody what it is yet because I'm waiting for you to call. All right, cool. What do you think, Phil? Where are we? We're like oh, I'm all over the place. We got YouTube going on. We got so, Facebook going on. So we got LinkedIn we going on. Last week we were talking a little bit about how we structure trust in order to buy property, right? Sure. Would you like to – I felt like we maybe had a few more points that we could talk about, about how should investors structure their wills. Oh, that's a great question, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Can you can you elaborate on that a so little bit wills are a, wills are a tough thing because wills are literally how – what you want to do with your assets when you pass on. And it's tough because most people have a basic will. Okay, let's see, let's see first say this: most people don't have a will at all. So that means that your the, the next the next person in line is typically your spouse. Then it's your children. Then it's everyone else. Then it could be you know if if you have no spouse or your spouse dies with you, then your children. If you don't have any children, then it's your brothers, sisters. If you're not that, then it's then it's cousins, blah, blah blah. And then eventually it's the government who just says, hey, nobody claimed this money. It's mine now. So they, they, those are all different things that you need to take into consideration. So, so assuming you're going to make a will, you also want to make the assumption that, you know, like for you and I, Phil, we're both married, not to each other, of course. And if we... <laughs> That's why we call each other business, business partners. partners. Exactly. <laughs> the word partners can be misconstrued. In this, in this, not anymore, now it's marriage. If I say Phil and I are married... 
most people would say, some people would, would question, are we married together? Please stop saying that. Okay, I got it. I got Mute it. his mic if he talks about that again. It's better if I got to sit in a room with you once, once a week on Sunday. <laughs> Where are we going with this? Sorry, right, back to the will. You're still so on you, the wills. You're Come right. On. So you want to designate what's going to happen. So first thing you want to designate is think, okay, so if you and your spouse got into a joint accident, joint car accident, both died, what do you want to happen then? Uh, if if only one of you dies now, you know, in the case of uh, myself, I, you know, I have children with a with a prior wife, so I now have to make sure that I have that I have a uh, you know provisions for my wife and provisions for my children how much what do i want my children to go to blah 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 so you have to really think this out and a lot of people make the mistake of going to a lawyer and going hi i need a will and the lawyer says okay here's the will and leaves everything to your wife and kids don't do that take the time before you even visit the attorney for the first time take the time and think about what you want with different scenarios one of my one of my big problems with lawyers is lawyers do what you tell them to do and a lot of people make the mistake of going to lawyers for advice. You don't go to a lawyer for advice. You go for a lawyer. You go to a lawyer to draw up the paperwork of what you want to happen in a, in this case a will, in the case of your death, or any other types of business that you want to structure. You want to tell the lawyer what to do. When you don't tell the lawyer what to do or what you want, the lawyer does his own thing, and typically it's not what you want. So make make sure you you do that. One of the things that we do and we teach in the class is also putting our properties in trust. So technically, I own nothing. Basically, I, I mean, really do. I, I own nothing. It's pretty funny that if, uh, you know, if I was to die tomorrow, the state and feds would get absolutely nothing because I really own nothing. All of my properties are in trusts. And we talked about this last week. They're all in trusts. They're in separate trusts. Each one has its own trust. And those trusts flow directly. And in this case, it flows directly to an LLC of which my children will own. And that way, there's absolutely no transfer. There's no transfer. There's no ta there's no tax transfer. There's no there's no capital gains. There's nothing when my kids inherit the properties if it's structured that way. And this is a really great way to structure it as well. Now we talk about these things in class and understand that Phil and I are neither accountants or attorneys, which is very knowledgeable. And we also will tell you to go to your accountant attorney and run them by that run these ideas by them because we can't practice law. Sometimes I wish we could, but we can't. So I want to make sure that you understand it. So definitely, that would be my suggestion. No, I like that. Thank you for giving us that. So uh, I think what we're going to do now is we're going to go to a commercial. But I just want to let you know, when we come back, we're going to talk about should you buy a car with your cash at a dealership or is there a better way? We're going to also come back with the stock options Sultan's Picks of the Week. In the last 10 minutes of the show, you'll be able to... Uh, find out about some of the things that we'll be investing in next week and you could piggyback off of that if you like and then i'm going to share with you how i personally solved the jfk assassination i can't wait all right commercial hi i'm phil falcone from investorschooling.com i'm inviting you to a complimentary class in langhorn this thursday night at 7 p.m I will teach you how to buy ugly houses and make them beautiful. As a bonus, we will also teach you stock option investing. So get your butt to this meeting, 7 p.m. this Thursday night, Langhorn, 215-876-3002, InvestorSchooling.com. Hey, everybody. It's Larry Sinus from InvestorSchooling.com. You heard my 
partner, Phil Falcone, tell you why you should be there this Thursday night to learn about real estate investing and learn about stock options trading. We're telling you right now, you will make more money than you've ever made in your entire life if you learn these two skills. Be there this Thursday night at 7 o'clock in our Langhorn headquarters. Go to InvestorSchooling.com. Pull over right now. Take out your phone and go to InvestorSchooling.com. RSVP right now. InvestorSchooling.com. See you Thursday. Hi, I'm Phil Falcone from Executex Suites. We're an executive suite center in Huntington Valley on Buck Road, 67 Buck Road, Huntington Valley. I'm sure you've driven past it. We're right in between Street Road and County Line Road. We have 47 offices in the prestigious address of Huntington Valley. I have offices starting at $5.95 a month. You're probably wondering, Phil, what do I get for $5.95 a month? Let me tell you. You get an office big enough for one person. You get the furniture in that office. You get the telephone on the desk. You get the telephone numbers. You get the fax numbers. You get two full-time receptionists to answer the phone in the name of your company and patch the calls to you. So if your company is ABC Painting Company, hey, ABC Painting Company, how can I help you? Would you like to talk to Bob? Let me get him on the phone. You could be home sleeping on your couch, and I'll patch the calls right to you. What else do we give you? We give you the conference rooms. We give you the kitchen. We give you the mailboxes, the printer, the copier, the scanner, UPS service, you name it all of the utilities cleaning service and best of all we give you free coffee get yourself to executex suites phone numbers 215-942-7701 215-942-7701 executexsuites.com Welcome back to Investor Schooling Live. Hey, we are here in the Investor Schooling Broadcast Network. Is that right, Phil? The Investor Schooling Broadcast Network? Sounds good to me. We are actually in our office. We actually, this studio that you're seeing on Facebook or YouTube, wherever you are, is in our office. We built this studio for COVID, and we decided that our studio was much nicer than WPHT studio, especially the location. Yeah, we don't have to drive there. We don't have to drive there. We don't have to drive to Philadelphia. I'm sorry, Philadelphia. (laughs) And we don't have to worry about parking, so we actually come here now, and it's much better. So if you ever want to come here and you want to take a look at our studio, we'll actually give you a tour of the studio. It's actually better than most studios out there. So we actually have Chris on hold. Hey, Chris, what's going on, man? Hey, how are you? What's happening? Was was this the Chris who had the question on YouTube? Yep, yep. All right. Tell us your question, man. I, have, I, I know somebody that bought a house down the shore. Wait, I'm spent a whole lot of money buying it. Wait, say it again? It spent a whole lot of money buying it. You bought a house down the shore? Do you, do you, yep, yep. Okay, so what do you, do you think it was a good investment? I don't know. When did you buy it? Oh, no, I didn't buy it. Somebody I know about it. Somebody you know bought it? Well, yep. I, 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 I don't have any details, but, you know, so it depends. So people buy houses down the shore for many reasons. One is they could buy a house down the shore because they want to live in it. And if they want to live in it, great. Then, then it doesn't really matter how much it costs. If they bought a house down the shore because they want to rent it, as long as the rent is, exceeds their payment and their, and their money costs, then it's still a great deal. If they bought a house because they want to do vacation rentals and they're making money on it, it's a great deal. So there's not there's not enough information. But if you want to go to your friend and say, Nana, 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 you bought a house down the shore, you pay too much for it, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, you had to pay too much for it because the first problem is it's in New Jersey. So the taxes they are They spent like $3 million and then they're, they're like renting it out. 
So if somebody spends so like, $3 million on a house. I'm wondering where the rental would make up, make up for the house payments. Right. So if somebody spends $3 million, I'm going to tell you what they probably did. But if somebody spends $3 million on a house, do you really care if they cash flow or not? Do you personally care? <laughs> no, I guess, Basic, not, I guess not. Yeah, basically they had $3 million. They said, hey, I got $3 million. I need to spend it somewhere. So they put it in a house. But here's here's going to be my guess. And it's it's you know it's just speculation what I think they're going to do. But this is what they're going to do. They're going to use that house that they bought it now. And they're going to probably rent it out for a little while. And then what they're going to do is they're going to eventually move into it and use it as a 1030, 1030, uh, 10, 10, yeah, 10, 1030, wow, 1030 exchange, 1039. What the hell is it? 1038 exchange. Thank you. 1031. <laughs> 1031 exchange. My, my brain went blank. They use it as a 1031 exchange. They're going to move into it. They, well, it was a 1031 exchange from another house. They're going to move into it. They're not going to pay taxes on it. And they're going to, and they're going to enjoy it. But if anybody can afford to spend $3 million on a house, believe me, you're not going to make fun of them whether they're making money or not. You get it? Yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Here's what I would really recommend you do. Go to your friend and say, hey, I want to hang out with you because if you can buy a house for $3 million, I want to know how you did it. Yeah, that would be a good thing to do. That would be a good question. Don't call us. Call him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Hey, we, we thank you for listening, man. We really appreciate it. What, hey, we, got, we, also have Jeff, we also have Jeff on the call. Put him on. So what do we got, Jeff? What's going on, man? Another day in paradise. Really? Where do you live? Uh, Narvin, Lancaster County. You live in, okay, well, that's definitely better than New Jersey. So, yeah, well. Taxes are well. cheaper. Uh, uh, people, gotta, People's Republic of New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I, see, I see you hang out with us anyway. So I call Jeff, it the uh, communist country really, of New Jersey. Really? So, so how can we help you, Jeff? Well, I got some... Uh, Options that I bought here, and I wanted to know what you thought of them. Well, good. Tell me what you got. AAL, a twenty-dollar call. Sounds like sounds like you've been. Um, uh, is, are you a student? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Now okay, because it sounds like my picks. That's why. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you're getting a little nervous because it went down below twenty on Friday, didn't it? Um. No, no. Yeah, no, you're not. You no, I, 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 I got one out, one out to uh, August sixth, and I got one out to nineteenth of November. Okay, well, the nineteenth of November one, you don't have to worry about the August sixth. Yeah, you will see. You know, it is what it is. I, I like it. I think it's a great play. I think American Airlines is going to do really well. I think they're going to crush earnings. The real question is whether their stock's going to go up or not, and whether you know our our. Uh, <laughs> Whether the idiocy of uh, the Delta variant is going to continue and, and make and make uh, everybody panic anymore, and that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. All right, man. We're going to move no, on. We'll see you tomorrow. Wait, we'll see you tomorrow in class, All right. right? All right. Sounds good, man. Thanks. All right, where are we, Phil? What do we got next? So uh, let's talk a little bit about cars, buying cars at a dealership. Sure. All right. So. Uh, I've been I've been looking at a couple of different kinds of cars. I want to get something different from my Beamer. I wanna I wanna get a little bit higher off the ground. I wanna have some more steel around me. I wanna have some more modern technology around me. My car's a a 2011, so it's 10 years old, and I think it's just time for a change. I uh, sitting so low to the ground where everyone else's bumper is right where my head is, starting to make me less comfortable, and the 
requirement, the minimum requirement for me in a car has always been based around a being a convertible. I think I'm getting over that now. Um, I've had enough sun exposure. I, I just want to get a car. Okay, so first of all, your car is the coolest car. He has, a B, he has a red BMW Z4 convertible, and it says, I buy houses on the side. It's absolutely incredible. It is, it is the nicest Z4 I've ever seen, and it's funny because if you would see it, you would go, why would somebody put that on the car? And then all of a sudden you look at it and you go, wow, that looks really, really good. So I like that. So today I'm walking off the tennis court, and there's a couple looking at my car commenting on how much they like it. They got one of the Z3s. Right, sure. Right? And uh, they were talking to me for a few minutes about it. They go, geez, your car looks so great and everything. I'm like, freaking 10 years old. I mean, like, you know, uh, whatever. Hey, look, I have an MGB from 1978 that looks really good. Okay, but you get the point. I'm I'm past all that. I don't drive cars so other people can like my car. What matters is do I like my car? So let's talk about going into a dealership. Okay. All right, so if I go into a dealership to buy a car, I think that the move should be that um, I'm going to tell them that I want to finance the car. All right, I want to finance the car. Okay. Because if they think that I'm going to finance the car with them, then they're going to be able to calculate how much money they're going to make off of points and off of the interest rate. So it gives me, it gives them a pad of money that they can negotiate with me. So I negotiate down the price of the car by uh, going with the concept that I'm going to finance it with them. And then when the payment comes to me for the first day, I'll just pay the whole thing off, right? And uh, so that's a way to get a discount on a car because they thought I was going to finance it, and then I didn't. Right. Well, actually, there's a lot of good things, too. It also... also creates a credit uh you know, uh, whatever some, something on your credit it shows your shows up on your credit report and shows you paid it off so it's actually great to show to, to actually do it that way but something that we teach in the class and something in my book is is a one pay lease instead of buying the car you actually lease the car and what i do is i go into the car dealership and i go in with the intention i'm going to buy the car and then at the very end i go okay how much is the one pay lease so after i negotiated the price of the car to buy it i asked them how much the one pay lease is now, uh, most of you have no idea what a one-pay lease is. One-pay lease is basically if you paid one payment, you now lease the car for three years, and then you don't, then you make any payments, and you give the car back at the end of the, at the end of the three years. Now, what happens with this is you actually end up saving money. It probably costs you about three months less lease payments because you've done it that way, and you also don't have any payment, which is which is also nice. But if you negotiate it properly, let's say the car, for example, is $40,000 and the one pay lease price is $15,000. I'm making these numbers up, mm-hmm. but the one pay lease price is $15,000. Then you need to negotiate the residual value of the car, which is also negotiable. Nobody knows this. So you can negotiate the residual value of the car. If you negotiate it $25,000 or less, you actually stole this. You, you actually got a better deal on the car because now you have paid fifteen thousand for your one pay lease. You kept that twenty five thousand in your own bank account that you now made money on, or you bought a house with it, or did whatever you wanted with it. And then in three years, one of one of three things can happen: the car can be worth twenty five thousand, it can be worth more than twenty five thousand, or it can be worth less than twenty five thousand. If it's worth less than twenty five thousand, just give it back. Why would you want to buy it for twenty five thousand? Mm-hmm. But if it's worth more than twenty five thousand, you could either buy it or you could sell it to somebody else and make that difference as well. So that's why I really like the one pay lease, especially if you're going to buy a car cash, because now you get to keep your cash and have the same same advantage of not having the payments. Well, it seems like the car business right now has a lack of inventory, just like that's the true. real estate that's business true. does. Yes. 
So it seems like it's a good time to sell a car. Yes, it is. Absolutely. So you'll probably get like $40,000 for your, your used BMW. <laughs> well, that would be wonderful. Uh, yeah. Interesting. All right. So let's keep talking. All right. Let's do that. Do you want to discuss uh, Stock Options Sultan? Oh, are we there yet? Is it, we're kind of early. All right. Well, we got a few more you minutes. want to talk about the JFK assassination? And yes. How I that it? I want to talk about. I want to talk about more than anything is, okay. is that. <clears throat> All right. So I happen to know a lot about this topic. Okay. So uh, wait a minute. So assuming that we have some some people on the air that are less than 30 years old, maybe you might want to explain who JFK was. I don't think that's necessary. I, just, I was making fun of the, the, right. the uh, millennials. That's all. Yeah. Well, you know. So... um. I happen to know a lot about this topic. I'm into history, and I'm into documentaries. I watch some of the craziest documentaries that most normal human beings would not watch. I one time watched a documentary called The Case of Jim Garrison, The Assassination of John F. Kennedy. It was 25 hours long. I watched every minute of it. What are you pointing at? I want to know if you want to talk to Bruce before we before you go into your into your conclusion of how JFK was going. Who the heck is Bruce? Bruce is online. He's a caller. Sure. Do whatever you want. All right, Bruce, let's get on the line. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want his story interrupted. So before he gets into it, Bruce, what's going on, man? How can we help you? Hey, how's it going? Um, yeah, something you had, you had, you had said, Phil, uh, uh, when you finance a vehicle, I, I sold cars for about 10 years. So when you finance a vehicle in order for it to affect your credit, credit, from what I understand, it has to be at least 12 months of financing. So if you're going to pay in cash, you have to find yeah, a way you're, to you're, finance. You're Bruce, you're the reason why I call my, my book, why the subtitle of my book is things, things You Never Knew About Money or Things You Always Thought About Money That Are Wrong. It's absolutely incorrect. Really? Once, really? It, go, once it goes on your credit report, the loan is opened, and the second you pay it off, it's closed. And In fact, that's great for your credit. Yeah, but there's no revolving credit happening. Yeah, so there's no revolving credit anyway. I already have excellent credit scores, so the credit is really something I don't even really care about at this point. It's really just trying to get the best deal I can for the car. Uh, that's all well, I'm really well. thinking about. Yeah, so I, I got I, you. I mean, it's a depreciating asset, so. I got a I got a I got a present for you, Bruce. Go to investorschoolingapp.com. App. Investorschoolingapp.com. Okay. Okay. You could download our investor schooling app, and I want you to watch the free video on it. We talk about credit score in it, and you can learn how to calculate your credit score. It's actually a really great little tool. And just because you called about it, I want you to learn how to. I want you to learn how to calculate your own credit score. All right, you got it. I will check it out. Thank you. Thank you. Sounds good, man. And hopefully we'll see you in class and we'll teach you everything else you don't know about money. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> Take care. All right. You can get back to your story now, Phil. How do how is t- tell me the tell me how tell me how you solved the murder. All right. If you interrupt me one more time, I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So I watched this twenty five hour documentary about the case of Jim Garrison. All right, the assassination of President Kennedy. It's almost impossible to even find. I've been I've been looking for it because I planned on watching it again, and I, I'm having trouble finding it. But I, I originally found it on Netflix. Hey, Pedro. I'm going to go over there and, and kick his butt in a minute. <laughs> okay. I couldn't resist. So. I'm even speechless. <laughs> 
He sabotages it. He's the only radio host who sabotages his own show. Right? Me, I can't hear you. Go ahead, Phil. Why don't you go ahead? No, no, you can tell the story now. Really, I, I, I won't do anything. I promise. What's that sound supposed to be? It was supposed to be a yawn, but it didn't work. So, uh, what formula do you use when you're buying wholesale deals? <laughs> Come on, tell us how you solve these assassinations of JFK. Well, really, I'd like to hear the formula you use. Uh, make money. Well, why don't you give us some more specifics? Oh, come on now. You, you own the largest wholesaling company in Philadelphia. One, one of them. You don't know I the formula? The, the formula is different than people think. Okay, well, tell us what it is. So it's basically I go down there and I take, <laughs> take a look at the house, for example. It's, come you on. didn't go down and look <laughs> no, at any I, of these houses. I, I, you didn't go down and look I, at any Very rarely I did. I so you're, send all, people. you're already like, you know. I send people down. I, you're right. But I, there were times I did it. But I want you to, come on, I want you to tell us how you solved the JFK. No, nah, that, that, that ship is sailed. No, come on, please. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, man. I, 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 I can't yeah. go there. You interrupted me too many times. So, so, I warned you before the second interruption, Okay. <laughs> I warned you. <laughs> Do I have to beg you? These are the rest I, I, of the, I need to these, know. This is what you got to talk about the rest of this show. <laughs> what formula do you guys use for wholesale deals? Do you teach other topics or just stocks and real estate? Why is my home's assessed value different than the market value? And Take we, your pick. Which one? Go That or the stock option sold and picks of the week. Well, we're going to get the stock option sold in three minutes. So can you t can you tell us how you solved the JFK no, murder? No, man, three I'm minutes? telling you, that ship has sailed. Oh, man. Listen, you know, if somebody wants to call in and, and, and make Phil tell us, I will stop the stock option Sultan just so you can just so you uh, can convince Phil to tell us the story. I don't want you to stop it. That's information that our listeners want to have. Oh, you think so? Yeah, why don't you go into it right now? Which one? Take your pick. I gave you four right. topics to choose. All right. So let's talk about real quick. Since, you, since you're insisting on the wholesale one, it's real simple. So if I go down there and the ARV of the property, for example, let's say it's 100. The ARV is 100. So after repair value is 100, I'm going to take the price of the house minus the repairs. I'm going to take, I'm sorry, 70% of the, I, I want the price of the house plus the repairs to equal no more than 70% of the 100,000. No more than 70,000 in this case. However, if I'm going to buy the house and I'm going to wholesale the house, let's say I'm going to buy the house for thirty thousand, I'm going to put forty thousand into it. That's seventy thousand. I now need to buy that house for less than thirty thousand because I need to now sell that house to a rehabber for thirty thousand. So I need to buy that house for less than thirty. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the thirty and I'm going to take how much money I want to make off the price, and that's what I'm going to offer. So let's say it's twenty thousand. I make ten thousand. I sell it to a wholesaler for thirty. They put their their, their uh, forty into it. They renovate it and they sell it and or they rehab you know they uh, refinance it for seventy percent. What was your close ratio with that formula? It was probably forty percent. What do you mean forty percent? Like of the people we went out to saw to see? Really? Yeah. That's an incredibly high number. It's not. It's actually a low number. I don't like that number. I like numbers over over fifty. Uh I think it sounds incredibly high. Okay. You're probably just like plucking a number out of the air. Okay, then it was a hundred percent. Is that the real number? And it was a hundred percent. No, no, it was pretty close. It really was. It was pretty close. <laughs> All right. You want to go to? How stock? did you track the number? I, I tracked it mentally. Mentally. Yeah.
<laughs> That's why I track most of my numbers mentally. <laughs> so That's right. When I say I'm a multimillionaire, I might be. I might really be a multi-billionaire. Yeah. I no. bet. No. Okay, so uh, is it time for the stock option, Sultan? I, th I think we better go there because if we don't, you know, we, this we shows... We only got nine minutes left. I, I understand. All right, you ready? Let's do it. Stock option, Sultan. You know, I just want you to know that all the comments are saying that they want to hear your story, Phil. Yeah. Well, you'll have to apologize to them all. Uh, it's, sorry, it's all my fault that Phil. That, <laughs> it's all my fault that Phil got so insulted by me. I wasn't insulted, but I cannot go through with a complex story of how I solved the JFK assassination. All right, if I'm going to be constantly interrupted. Well, next week I will make sure that I don't interrupt you at all. Well, since I write the script, uh, and let you know, you... I can't guarantee what's I... going to be on the script next well, week. Yeah, but I'm going to make sure we remind you. Pedro, make sure we remind him that next week he has to tell us how he solved it. All right, so let's go into this. American Airlines, I said it before, I think it's going to go. I really think it's going to go. It's a scary one because this stupid, uh, you know, BS Delta variant is is in the news again. And it makes it scary. So a lot of us have the option out to the, the 6th, I believe, uh, in August 6th, which is going to be scary. But it is it is going to be what it is. You just got to white knuckle it. Facebook tomorrow is going to drop. And I'm going to be so excited because we're going into earnings into Facebook. And it's going to drop tomorrow. Look for an 8 to 10 point drop tomorrow. And if it happens, just buy it. Because what happened was uh, Biden... <laughs> Biden said, Facebook, you're killing people. I, I, what is wrong with these people? I, it amazes me how where these politicians come up with this. Yes, Facebook, you're killing people because you're sending out false information about the COVID vaccine. Not only is Facebook not sending out false information about the about the COVID vaccine, if you just write the word, everybody, everybody on Facebook right now, just put a post. This is all I want you to write. Just write vaccine and then hit the post button. And it's going to come up with a disclaimer at the bottom. The COVID vaccine, blah, 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 blah. It's very safe. And let me tell you all about the COVID Really? This is what they're, this is what Biden's complaining about? They're trying so hard to convince you that that vaccine is safe. That you know it's not safe. Right, right. Yeah, but besides that, it's like, are you serious? So maybe it'll make Facebook go down. That'll be great. Um, I also got another pick with Carnival, Carnival CCL. I think Carnival into February is going to be an amazing play. I think also same thing with RCL. I think the cruise ships are going to be an amazing play. Um, you know, I, I've been following a little bit of, with Coinbase. Coinbase is the the wallet that you can hold your Bitcoin in and your Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies. I really like Coinbase. Now, Coinbase is a weird one because Coinbase makes money. They make money when people buy or sell crypto. So when crypto is down low, which it is now, people are selling it. When And, you know, other people are buying it, of course. And then when it's up high, people are selling it and buying it. So it's actually a really, excuse me, it's a really good play. I would like to see it below 220. And if that happens, I would go all over it. I sold you when Ford hit the the high 14s I told you it was a put it's down to 1360 now hopefully you got out and you took your money I would wait for it now just to see where it goes my guess is going to go to 12 but I wouldn't play a put on it my guess is going to go to 12 and settle there for a little while the spy uh, the spy is dr driving me crazy cuz every time I think it's going to settle which is right now it's like 430 431ish I think it's going to settle. It doesn't settle. So just stay away from it. You know, just there's so many other things to invest in. Let's just stay away from it. Alibaba, 
another great one because this is a great company. It's just being beat up by bad news articles about China. I'd like to see Alibaba below 205 and even below 200 would make me really happy. And I would play it up, play it up to 215. I told you guys in class, I told you guys to play it to 215 the other day. It hit 217 in the open the other day, and boom, it's been dropping ever since. So I like the idea that that may happen again. Apple, oh yeah. so Apple, Apple hit resistance at 150, which I expected. Apple, hopefully, we're going to get a drop before earnings. Maybe in the 130s, I'd love to see 135 or even 130 would be fantastic this week. So in other words, we have to have a major plunge for Facebook and Apple to go down to those numbers we're talking about. If it happens, it's going to be an awesome play because Apple's going to crush earnings. Facebook's going to crush earnings. Well, Facebook, I don't think is going to crush earnings, by the way. I think Facebook's going to be a great play into earnings, but you make sure you sell it before earnings. I think Facebook's going to be hurting this, this quarter. May even drop below 300 after the earnings announcement and the guidance, because I'm going to bet the guidance is going to be tough, because even with us, we do a lot of advertising on Facebook, and we're noticing our results change completely when the Apple privacy stuff kicked in. Have you recognized the pattern of the stock pops in the morning and tanks right yes. back to where it started from at the end yes. of the day? Yeah, I have noticed that, but that's a tough one. That's really a day trading pattern. And it's tough because, you know, we don't teach day trading. And, you know, if you want to take some risks on day trading, that's a great pattern, but it's scary. Well, I'm not saying that I'm doing it as a day trading. I'm merely watching it behave in this manner, which it pops and then drops. Yep, yep. And it just keeps happening day after day after yes. day yes. after day. It's and the other thing, too, is Wednesday. If you notice, Wednesday is the peak. I don't know if you've I noticed ha it. I haven't noticed that, but... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's it's really a, a frustrating pattern. It's a very matter of fact. These this tight range, you know, and it's not even tight range. The fast moving range is really it really makes it difficult for us to play the way we play in stock options. It makes it difficult to make money fast. You know, we have to sit on it. We have to play out further. And we have to just sit on the money and wait and wait for the opportunity to come, and we'll we'll make the money. We'll be fine. But it's tough. It really is tough. Anything Anything you want me to look at? Is there a stock, a uh, JFK stock, maybe? How about uh, JNUG? JNUG. <laughs> JNUG hit 75 the other day, which, wow, that was a surprise. And I actually think that JNUG is undervalued at 75. I think it's going to it's gonna definitely go up. The, the real question is, is how far? I wouldn't go much further than 83. So I would play JNUG from 75 to 83 and get out. Just get out. And then let it do it again. Get out. Let it go again. Let it get and get out. And I think you're gonna you're gonna find that if you get in and out really quick, you're gonna do really well. Remember, JNUG is on a downtrend. So the fact that it keeps going down, you, you, we now have to chat. You know, we, we we channel trade. So the channel trading says that you have to keep going down. But I think tomorrow you're gonna find JNUG back up, and then you're gonna have an opportunity to buy it again at 75, get out at 82. Maybe next time it's 72, and you get out at 80. So just make sure that you are aware that we're in a downtrend on Jaina. It's a tough time. Yeah, and if you want to if you want to commiserate with us, come to investorschooling.com this Thursday and you can commiserate with us. <laughs> anyway, Phil, we got about What do we got? We got about a minute left, man. What do you got to say? Uh, I can think of a few things. So, uh, I want to thank our producer Sean today for helping us out. Did he kill JFK? If you're interested in becoming a sponsor <laughs> of our show, you can email us at info at investorschooling.com, info at investorschooling.com. 
Don't forget to visit Investorschooling.com for your free class this Thursday night at 7 p.m. on real estate investing and stock option investing. That's Investorschooling.com. And if you behave yourself, we might invite you to a complimentary class after that free class. So you'll just have to find out. You'll just have to ride through it, show up here, and see if you can behave yourself long enough to be invited to the complimentary class. I guess I can't go to complimentary class, huh? You definitely can. We're currently taking this radio show and rebroadcasting it on 72 shows a month. 72 shows a month. So we're on 1210, 990, 860, a bunch of different radio stations in Philadelphia, New Jersey, Erie, Pennsylvania, San Francisco, and we're out of here.